In this episode, we talk to Nikki Hamilton from Seedling Digital. Nikki specializes in custom branding with meaning and exceptional WordPress websites. Nikki works with women in business to develop a cohesive online presence that's clear, that's memorable, that converts. She's an easily entertained 90s hip-hop obsessed exclamation point loving perfectionist. She's a mother, a margarita loving wife and a passionate creative based on the sunny Gold Coast of Australia. Her passion is delivering work to clients that exceeds their expectations, helps them put their best foot forward and increase their income. Nikki and I talk about what technology is available to brands to help them reach a greater audience through influencers and track the success of a campaign, and why you should connect your lawyer and tech team when creating your intended campaign. This chat should provide you with some practical tips to create a successful influencer marketing campaign. If you're listening along right now, Nikki and I would love you to screenshot the episode and upload it to your stories tagging at Social Lawco and at Seedling Digital to let us know you're tuning in and give us your thoughts. As always, nothing should be taken as legal advice, but do get in touch if you're in need of some advice. Let's bring in Nikki. Hi, I'm Tegan, an Australian commercial lawyer who specializes in all things social media legals. I spend my days documenting agreements between influencers and brands and advising on disclosure requirements for influencer marketing campaigns as well as social media competitions. If you're a brand that uses influencers to help build brand awareness, trust and make sales, or you're an influencer that promotes the products and services of another business, this podcast is for you. And if you like free stuff, head to sociallawco.com.au forward slash ebook to pick up our free legally compliant campaigns ebook. You're listening to the Social Law Co podcast. Welcome, Nikki, to the podcast. Hey, how are you? <laughs> good. It's so good to have you on here. Uh, so, thank for you every- for having me. For everyone listening, Nikki is my tech go-to. So Nikki can tell you for someone who specializes in social media legals, tech on my own front can be challenging. So um, I wanted to get Nikki on here to sort of talk about all the different avenues available tech-wise for influencers and for brands engaged in Mm -hmm. campaigns. So welcome, Nikki. Thank you. Thanks. It's lovely to be here. (laughs) Do you want to give everyone a little bit of an idea about, you know, your business and and what you do and what you specialize in? Yeah, so um, I work with um, all different types of businesses, but typically businesses who have been kind of in the game for a couple of years and are really looking to kind of elevate their visual status. So um, traditionally I work with branding and websites, um, but within that I do a lot of strategic work. and really looking at pulling together, you know, your vision, values, vibe, mission, um, and target audiences, tastes, and kind of putting that all together to create like a cohesive visual representation of your business that, you know, um, converts, that um, increases your engagement and reach and leads and revenue and consequently profit and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, typically that looks like branding and building WordPress websites. Um, but within that, there's a lot of kind of nuances depending on each business. So I really love it, but, um, yeah, like you said, with the tech stuff, it's, 
you know, even um, being a tech expert and that's what I do for a living, things change so quickly and you kind of really have to be on top of things. So um, it's never a dull moment, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I guess where we wanted to sort of chat was around, you know, businesses and we're, you, you and I are both involved in these sort of groups like mm-hmm. like-minded bitches drinking wine and yep. um, different sort of networking groups and, and groups that share information on, you know, how to do things in business. And yep. some of the questions I commonly see and you probably see them as well are things around, you know, how do we engage with influencers? How do we know what value they bring to us? Is there a way to sort of um, track the success of a campaign? Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess I just wanted to throw it out to you you know what have you seen that's worked what's available to businesses tech wise to sort of help them reach that greater audience through influencers yeah I think there's definitely like a lot in this realm now obviously I think influencer marketing is kind of probably one of the leading and probably one of the most effective forms of marketing there is out there at the moment Um, you can get that really targeted um, spend by choosing someone who's really aligned with your goals Um, So I really don't think it's going away. Um, And with that, I guess the options are growing for businesses as well. So again, um, this is, it's kind of a broad question because it really depends on every business's goals and also what what platform form they're using to make their sales um are they a service-based business or a product-based business um there's so much that kind of goes into it but um yeah some of the main ones i guess um i guess the key thing that it comes back to is that you do have to be tracking and i know a lot of businesses and particularly Mm. smaller businesses probably aren't you know utilizing tech to its fullest extent here and they're kind of spending money on influencer marketing and then not even tracking it in any way so hoping for the best yeah totally or yeah and and you know they go oh yeah cool we see an influx of sales but Hmm. um how are they tracking you know those those email signups um that come in at that time and how those convert down the track or um having a facebook pixel on their website and then retargeting to people who are visiting at that at them at that time because there's a lot more that goes into it than just getting the sale right at that time so it's definitely a long-term game but um I guess the first thing um to start with would be using like discount codes and setting up a different discount code for every sale so for example not just doing like September 20 off like having each influencer at least has their name um in that code or or a specific word um that's not used in association with any other campaign um that would be the the very first one um yeah and how do, how do they get these codes yeah so again that depends on the platform but generally um there there are softwares that people can use and that you can um spend additional money on but the simplest way would be um through your website whether you're using shopify squarespace wordpress whatever it is um just setting up a a different discount code for each one um just at the very minimum to start that tracking process um and obviously a lot of the the influencers um i guess are also using um commission as well so um, then that becomes that next level, I guess, of tracking. So there are also systems out there that um, you can use to not just track how many sales you'll get and the return on investment, but also um, like keep a tally of how much commission needs to be paid to each influencer and also automate that process as well. So, um, yeah, so things like um, there's WooCommerce um, affiliate 
um, plugin. Um, there's one I really love called Thrivecart. Um, and with that one, you can generate links and generate codes and all of that stuff as well. So, um, yeah, that's a, another option. And in terms of payment to these, so are these generally mm. paid based on, you know, number of sales or is it a subscription fee or how do you see them charging generally? Um, yeah, so different different programs have different options. So the one I mentioned before, Thrivecart, is actually one of my favorites um, because you can generate a link with that one. It pays it automatically um, and that one's actually a one-off fee. So um, but again, this depends on what type of item you're selling. So if it's a product, um, you would need to look at, um, so if you're with um, WordPress, you would need to look at that WooCommerce um, affiliate plugin because um, it integrates a little bit better th- with products. Um, and But then in mentioning the link situation, that one can be a hard one because, um, for example, what if someone clicks the link on their phone, but then they purchase on their computer like at a later Mm. date they want to think about it a little bit so it becomes a little bit hard to and this is probably where you come in Tegan it becomes Mm. a little bit hard to actually track um conversions in that way um if 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 it's a link whereas if it's a code it's more consistent in the way that people enter it if that makes sense absolutely yeah Yeah. and any agree like any um different way that they intend to track or use codes etc agreements can always be built around yeah. that to yeah. specify you know how how that particular commission is determined or yeah. um, what payments payable to the influencer so that's yeah however yeah. it needs to be built is is and good probably another one as well as um in terms of that one is like the time length so like different affiliate platforms have like a cookie link mm-hmm. so you might click the link and look at it but you not might not purchase and then you get paid the next week um and then does that affiliate um link pick up a week later or 30 days later usually they have an expiry date um and you and like and the normal would be anywhere from like 30 to 60 days so um mm-hmm. you need to be i guess this is something that businesses and influencers need to be kind of thinking about is that um the ma- while the major influx of sales will come at the time of post um you know things do sometimes happen a little bit down the track so and with mm-hmm. retarget marketing as well obviously yeah <laughs> so With cookies, so for people that, you know, either have heard of a cookie and don't really know what it is or how it works, Mm. how, you know, can you set timeframes on that or how do they go about actually tracking through cookies? Yeah, so that's um, the beauty of those those, um, systems that I mentioned. So um, like Thrivecart or Affiliately um, or the WooCommerce Affiliate plugin, um, they all have settings within there. So it's quite easy for um, any, you know, if you have a developer to set that up for you or if you're doing it yourself. I'm not as familiar with um, the Shopify and the Squarespace options uh, because I build primarily on WooCommerce and WordPress. Um, But yeah, each of them, uh, I guess I'm kind of made for this purpose. So you can set that expiry date um, and yeah, make sure that it's it's allocating appropriately to the right person. Yeah, great. Mm. Um, and what about terms of um, building, you know, custom built affiliate links, et cetera? Is that yeah. something that can be done? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in, in terms of doing that one, um, you can quite easily set up redirects on your own website. So they're called a 301 redirect. So you'd basically create a new URL um, just within your website um, and set that to forward to a specific page. So, you know, you hear on podcasts and things like that, go to um, podcastname.com forward slash affiliate or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. you hear people say it quite a lot. So typically those um, 
landing pages are set up as there's not a different landing page for each affiliate that they have. Um, that link would forward to kind of their main um, landing page, but that visit would track as as a visit in the back end of your website. So you can check your analytics and see how many visits that page has got. Um, and then from there, if you're um, if you've got your funnel set up well, you can kind of look at how many um, how many people have gone through to conversion, and then how many people have like followed up or purchased later down the track and become repeat customers and all those kinds of things so yeah that's where I guess getting all of those items in place becomes really important because um yeah like I said that that ROI isn't just initial like that initial purchase at the time of the influencer posting it becomes kind of a long-term game as well so I guess that's where influencer marketing really helps you too because you're building customers not just like one-off purchases hopefully <laughs> depending yeah on and brand awareness obviously yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. do you have any specific examples of you know where you might have done this for um you know for a business or for an influencer where mm. it's you know worked out really well because of you know something that's been set up tech wise I actually had a previous business before I was in this business quite a few years ago and I did a, um, some affiliate campaigns myself and they did work really, really well. So um, I've seen like firsthand, um, I won't name the influencers, but they're in, in Australia. Um, yeah. And yeah, I have seen that, you know, the, the purchases come through like pretty much straight away after they do that post. But if you're, especially if you're using Instagram, you get all of those followers as well that you can market to on an ongoing basis. So it becomes this whole other opportunity of building your community, building your list. So that's where um, I guess having those Facebook pixels that you can retarget to um, those newsletter lists set up and the appropriate funnels um, based out of those that you can kind of keep selling to people. So it's not just the initial spend is wasted, if that makes sense, because a lot of people that come to a business might need quite a few touch points um, before they decide to buy. And that depends on the type of buyer. So if you've got all of those things set up, um, it can definitely help. Yeah. With that, I guess, long-term engagement and conversion that might you might not get straight away in some instances. Yeah, sure. Okay. And we've got um, three questions that we ask everyone that come on yeah. the podcast. So I thought I would throw them your way and get your thoughts as well. So um, who do you follow on social media who's influenced your actions in some way? Um, probably one of my favorites is Revy Jane. Um, she's a local Gold Coast based mum and fitness influencer. And I guess she's gone down the route a lot of like self-love and self-care and things like that. So that's kind of right in alignment with where I am at at the moment in my life too and um she's just quite open and um yeah really honest about her journey which I think is probably a key in, in that realm yeah. hey, like realness yeah, to yeah. build those relationships <laughs> it's um important for people to be honest so yeah that's probably one of my favorites and if you had one tip for a business or influencer looking to collaborate what would it be um yeah, so definitely take the time to have those initial discussions and really flesh out what things will look like. Um, like I said, it's really hard to make um, recommendations without knowing the specifics of each campaign and each business. Um, but little things like I mentioned, like the length of the cookie or um, is it going to be a link and what happens if they if they visit the link but then purchase from the computer at a later date. So um 
fleshing out all of those little items that kind of, you know, might be hard to talk about or hard to think through. Um, they become really critical to the success of a campaign and also like the influences, um, their their payment, I guess, and their commission and um, making it worthwhile for them and making it, you know, if you, if you make it a campaign that is going to reward you really well, but is also going to um, reward them for their time, then that's going to build um, really great long-term partnerships, which are going to lead to like great long-term sales. So it's worth spending the time at the start to get all of that stuff fleshed out, I guess, and talk through the nitty gritty. Absolutely. And that's where I think, you know, you and I, Nikki, can work across these things as well to, you know, figure out what's best for clients in Mm. terms of documenting how it will be measured, but then the practicalities of actually measuring it and making sure that those two things are aligned. So, um, you know, (laughs) making sure that, you know, your, your practical elements in terms of how your your web builder is actually setting these things up yeah. and how your legal documents reflect that to make sure that they tie in together is quite an important yeah. thing. Yeah, and we've had this, these discussions about um, privacy policies and things like that um, mm. isn't, and that you can't just have a contract and that's it because if you don't adhere to that contract or that's not how you're actually acting in principle, um, you know, or in practice, then... Um, mm, what's the point? Yeah, totally. So... <laughs> If you can't comply with it yourself. Yeah. There's no point in having an agreement if it doesn't work to practically, you know, bring it all together. Yeah. And and from both sides, like if, if, you know, your your web builder doesn't realise what the terms of the agreement are, then it's difficult for Mm -hmm. them to build around that as well. So they really do need to tie in together. It probably, Mm. yeah, it should be provided to your developer if if you're doing anything custom or having a new software implemented or even looking at new software that's going to like last the lifetime of your business and how you're going to typically be running influencer campaigns. Because like I said, some of them are lifetime um, investments and they can be quite pricey, so $1,000 just for a piece of software. So is it worth doing that or is it worth doing something that's a subscription model and testing it out? And um, yeah, there's a lot to think through. And obviously the length of your campaigns and how many influences and everything that you're planning to actually use will tie into that decision-making process. So it is, it's it's such an overlap that I think is often you don't want to fall between the cracks. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. So talking, yeah, have those meetings up front and yeah, map it out really. Yeah, absolutely. So third question, what changes are you hoping to see in influencer marketing over the next five years, do you think? Um, I think some of like the more recent stuff that we've come, we've seen come through in terms of like transparency has been really great um, because I think like people know when they're being sold to and they don't really mm-hmm. like it. And it's, it's not fun when you're, you know, when you, when there's like affiliate links and things like that and they're kind of hidden and you don't really know that they're there. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's a fair representation if someone's being paid or, um, you know, receiving a commission to promote something, but they're not upfront about it. So just that transparency about like saying that it's an ad or saying that it's sponsored. Um, But I also, um, along with that, you know, uh, there is kind of a negative connotation about around, sponsored things but I think if people have the integrity of really only promoting things that they love or that they've used then I think um, that will go a long way in terms of like the audience um, trust factor as well so I think I feel like influencers are getting a bit a bit more integrity around that and who they work with because I guess when influencer marketing first came out it was such this this huge boom um, and now it's becoming a little bit more I guess, um, 
I guess it's like a long term game. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're needing to be more choosy about who they work with because it can reflect negatively on their brand too. If um if they're working with someone who they don't actually support or don't agree with the products or the um the brand's philosophy, so influencers need to be more picky from that way, and brands need to be more more um upfront with asking for metrics and um, engagement rates and all of that kind of stuff, the the, um, the data around who's following certain influences and all of those things. So I guess the whole, it just all comes back to transparency really yeah. from all parties. Yeah. And that's great that the new um, Australian Influencer Marketing Code of Practice brings in a lot of that and makes yeah. people a lot more aware of those, you know, how to be transparent and when to do it and how to achieve transparency. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're heading in the right direction, obviously. So Totally. Good signs for the future. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> and you know, when you get ads, you know, you look at something on Facebook and then a fridge and then all of a sudden you see all these fridges. Like I think when that first started happening, everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is so intrusive. Mm. But in reality, it's actually really helpful. And same with like influencer marketing. If you're following someone, like I said, Ruby Jane, who's a mum, I'm a mum, like we probably are going to be liking similar products. So it, it is actually a helpful form of marketing if you do it um, in a way that's aligned with your business values and like is coming from a place of service and, and, you know, with a view to grow your audience rather than pushy sales, if that kind of makes sense. And for those who don't really understand how digital marketing works and, and how the platforms operate on that, do you want to sort of give a, a, you know, an overview on why it is that when you see a, you know, you're looking at a particular pair of bikinis or something, and then you, jump out of it mm. and then you're scrolling through Facebook all of a sudden you served with 20 ads about you know different brands that sell bikinis because yeah. <laughs> I do think a lot of people worry yeah. about that so do you sort of want to put that to bed as to how that happens yeah so um I know there's a lot of talk about like Facebook listening to your microphone or whatever <laughs> but it's actually um because all of those websites you know a lot of them will have um what's called a Facebook pixel which is a line of code which basically like makes a cookie on your um, on your computer or your phone or whatever, if you're logged into Facebook and it says, okay, this person was just looking at bikinis. So um, then Facebook, um, well, that business has the opportunity to then reserve ads to you of that specific bikini or that their specific brand. Um, and they can choose that in the ad settings so they can serve ads to you. But Facebook also has quite complex algorithms that um, predict people's interests and things like that. So other pe- other bikini brands can also then, in their ad settings, um, select for people who might be interested in their product. And because Facebook has that information about, you know, what everyone's doing and what they're interested in, they can serve their ads to them as well. So that's, um, you know, even if you don't, ha- even if you're not serving ads to people with that pixel who have visited your pixel you can still target people based on what they might be interested in at a specific time so it's quite complex and um it's super interesting once you get <laughs> down that route and it's a big rabbit hole isn't it it's a huge rabbit hole yeah yeah definitely there's so much you can do and um yeah so from those like custom links to cookies to reserving ads to email funnels like it really is and it really all needs to tie in together and that's where like good tech helps it tie in together and helps like minimize what your what your business is needing to like implement and and work on on a daily basis because once you kind of get those systems and stuff working together which takes a bit of test and change in the start um it can really you know minimize 
your spend and your time and increase your conversions and all of that stuff down the track. Mm. So that's what you want, clearly. <laughs> and as someone who sort of specializes in WordPress, do you think WordPress is sort of more advanced and, and easier to tie these things together? Yeah, so that's that's why I work with WordPress exclusively. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I find like most of my clients who come to me have kind of outgrown Shopify and Squarespace mm-hmm. um, or, you know, those DIY page builders and they've just kind of started out doing it, you know, when their business started and they're needing something a bit more complex. So WordPress um, is open source, so that means it can work with any software or program I guess um basically on the internet um and any developer can write code that integrates with it whereas Shopify and Squarespace and all of those um DIY ones are closed so that means um it's a little bit harder to integrate with specific programs and things like that so um WordPress has a lot more flexibility and is a lot more robust in terms of what it can do so um, you know, some of the biggest names in the world, like Beyonce, has a merch site on Word, WordPress and WooCommerce. So there's no kind of limit to what it can do and the traffic it can handle and all of those things. So, yeah, I definitely love WordPress. <laughs> it's my job. It's what I do on a daily basis. So, yep. yeah. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing that with us, Nikki. There's been a mm. lot to obviously process for people that are you know, aspiring novices for this um, influencer marketing space or for growing their business or, you know, upskilling their website, et cetera. So that's that's been really um, helpful. Thank you. Awesome. No worries. Thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, feel free to, like, shoot me a PM. I'm also, like, happy to riff with people on Instagram and DM and things like that um, just to kind of see if there's any pointers or any specific softwares I could recommend if you're having trouble or, Um, you're having trouble tracking your campaigns, I'm definitely happy to have a chat with people too. Yeah, that's great. Okay, thanks, Nikki. No worries. Thanks, Tegan. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed that episode, I would love you to hit subscribe on the Social Law Co podcast and leave a review. Don't forget, you can head to sociallawco.com.au forward slash ebook to pick up your freebie. Until next time.